What's good, sis? Welcome to the Good Girl Gone Real podcast, where we're on a mission to unravel our own BS without losing ourselves in the process. I'm your host, Brittany, and I'm leading the charge for us to recognize, unlearn, and heal from much of what the world has convinced us we have to tolerate to be the right kind of person, the good kind of girl. The truth is, I've always known who I am, and I'll bet you have too. It's other people who told us that there was something wrong with the way that we are. So, if you're a person who operates authentically, is ready to step fully into your whole existence, live your whole truth, other people's opinions be damned, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to drop some truth bombs, discuss topics that make you go, hmm, and give you the permission to fully do you. Sometimes I'll be flying solo. But I also know many a bad broad who lives her life out loud and isn't afraid to be who she is or say how she feels. Here's your invitation to step up to the plate. You're in great company. What's good, sis? This is Brittany, and this is another episode of the Good Girl Gone Real podcast. So I'm coming to you today with some boundary talk, right? I was talking to my therapist about boundaries last week. I think that probably will be a lot of my work with her. Um, And as I was bopping around this morning, I started thinking about boundaries in a different way. I feel like sometimes boundaries come with a negative connotation because it feels like keeping people out. Um, But... I'm not sure how many of us have thought about boundaries that keep people in. Now, what do I mean by that? And what am I talking about? (laughs) Um, When you create a boundary that keeps people in, it allows, it's a clear understanding between at least two of you, of course, um, that involves whatever verbal or nonverbal or whatever agreement that you come to, to allow a person to still interact with the nice version of you, (laughs) for lack of a better way to put it. Um, I feel like the negative connotation boundary feels like keeping people out and, um, or at least it's framed that way, right? Because it's easier to guilt us (laughs) into letting down boundaries, especially, uh, for those who a lack of boundary serves, Um, when we don't have things that are very blunt, very harsh, very defined, um, and it feels, it can be framed for us as keeping people out. But I would say this morning on my mind is the fact that those two things can coexist and you can't control as the person setting the boundary, which of those outcomes the person you're setting the boundary for, um, will take them as. So... I know I'm starting to sound like I talk in riddles. So, for instance, right, if you have a parent who um, they never really dealt with the trauma in their lives, they never really learned to, um, they never emotionally developed, right? And so anytime they talk to you and you don't do immediately what they ask you to do, they go flying off the handle, yelling, screaming, cussing, calling you out of your name. This is just an easy example for me to think of, right? Um, When you put up a boundary that says, for instance, mom, dad, 
aunt, <laughs> grandparent, whoever was your primary caregiver in this example. Um, if you continue to talk to me like that, then we're just not going to have conversations. If this is on the phone, that means that might mean you don't answer their calls, which whew, tried to be there. It's hard for us, um, especially if you're listening to this. Not always the easiest thing. Um, if you're in person, a boundary that you can put up after an incident like that is, hey, insert name here. If this is how we're, we can commute or sorry, y'all. If this is what our communication is going to be like when I come over to visit with you, then I'm just not going to come over or I'm going to come over a lot less frequently. You could also do something to the effect of, hey, I don't appreciate the way you're talking to me right now. Um, I think that I need a little bit of a break before we talk again. And then you determine what that amount of break time is and communicate it. And all three of those examples, even though I got a little tongue-tied, you're basically being very clear and offering the boundary without input on the other end. You are simply putting up the, the hedge of protection, kind of, for yourself without really giving the other person an option to weigh in or try to manipulate it or um, make you feel inadequate. And then the conversation needs to end. Like, that's not to say if you are, especially in an in-person situation, obviously, um, if you are with someone who's hot-headed like that, the likelihood of the conversation ending there is probably pretty slim. Um, Those of you who've been in that situation know this. But you can choose to not engage um, if you're in person with someone like that and they want to keep the conversation going. You can choose to go take a walk. You can go to a room with a, a door and a lock, potentially. Um, you can try to remove yourself from the situation um, as much as possible, I guess is the way to put it. And even I know, though, y'all, and this is what kind of got me thinking about this, what happens in a situation when you're with a person who you're, you've practiced putting up boundaries with? They continually violate your boundary, even when you are strong enough to consistently reconstruct it and move it and move it and move it. Um, then what do you do? Because I have found in talking to professionals in this way, um, and this is not to knock anyone, anyone's uh, practice, but... Um, for a lot of people, putting up a boundary is a new thing. For me, it was not so much because <laughs> no, no offense to some of the people in my life, but they just don't understand boundaries. It's like in one ear out the other, they never heard what I said. Um, and so over time I've learned that I have to grow stronger backbone and be willing to continually set and move the boundary. And what I mean is back to what I was saying at the beginning, when you create boundaries that keep people in, you're usually setting the boundary. Let's say you're at the beach for a visual, right? You're right at the parking lot and you set the boundary at the shore. So you've got a good amount of time, unless you are at the world's most interesting beach, <laughs> um, to walk from the parking lot to the ocean, right? And so it's not that you're giving people a chance to violate that boundary by giving them so much space, but the reason they're allowed 
to stay in with you, they can accompany you on the walk if they know that they're not supposed to violate the shore, right? And so the thing with keeping boundaries that feel like keeping people out or they will react as if you're keeping them out, it's as if you are drawing a line in the sand as the surf is coming up, you know? Uh, Like two or three inches from the surf as the tide rolls in. That's how people react, even though that may not be what you're doing. And so you can imagine that someone who has been violating a boundary or um, abusing you in some way doesn't really like that to them, it feels like on a dime you're going, "Uh, I don't like this anymore. I'm not going to do this. Um, And so we kind of have to be the, the people who... I guess separate ourselves is the way to put it from the feeling of disappointing that person, having them be upset with us. Um, this is not to say disconnect from your feelings, y'all, because I am, <laughs> I am definitely not a proponent of that. Um, I think that a lot of us are taught to uh, dull and eventually just completely separate from completely justifiable emotions because someone else doesn't like them. And you're allowed to feel the full spectrum of your emotions, girl. Um, Anger, sadness, frustration, disappointment, um, especially if it's repeated behavior, hurt. Um, You know, insert (laughs) positive or negative feeling here. But I think uh, a lot of times as good girls, we're just expected to be polite and nice and kind and never complain. And that opens the door to people who exhibit bad behavior to abuse us. And so um, what we're really talking about in this episode is recognizing that that behavior exists in the world and that you don't have to put up with it, um, whether or not that makes someone else upset. Now, I know you may be saying, duh, Brittany, I'm grown. I, of course, I know I don't have to put up with people treating me poorly. But to that question, I would say uh, poor treatment doesn't have to look like, and even though it can look like, it doesn't have to look like uh, verbal abuse, physical abuse, um, very discomfort in your own home, um, being afraid to take too big of a step, um, literally or figuratively, or you'll set someone off. It, it can look those ways. Um, it doesn't have to, though. So uh, I would challenge you to consider the last time you were treated poorly by someone who claims to care about you and not ruminate on it, but consider if it fits the textbook definition of any of those things that I just mentioned. Oftentimes it doesn't. Um, and a lot of times uh, the boundaries that we need to erect are between us and people that we really care about too. So don't think that it's this big, huge, um, monumental kind of front that you have to put up. It's that if you examine your relationships with people, um, even people that you're mildly acquainted with or say work relationships, I haven't gotten to many podcasts yet that reference work, but we'll get there. Um, you could have a, relationship with your supervisor where, um, let's say 
they consider you very capable and um, know that you have a lot to bring to the table. All things that sound really great <laughs> and are likely true if you're listening to this podcast. However, um, you could find yourself doing two or three people's jobs because you are leaning into the this idea that they hold you in high esteem um, if you don't learn to set a boundary. So let's just say a new project comes up that needs a team lead and you have some skills that can serve that. If someone appoints you to that, you do have the ability to push back and say, hey, my plate's really full right now. I don't think that this is, that I'm the correct person to be in this position. Or you can say, hey, I would be very glad to assist with this project, but I don't have the capacity to actually be in charge of it right now. Now, I know that a lot of that varies uh, based on what kind of industry you work in, how often things like team lead positions come up. If they're monetized or not, obviously makes a big difference. But um, a lot of times when it comes to work responsibilities, we get heaped a lot of responsibility upon ourselves um, simply because we don't feel like we can say anything. And I would tell you in that scenario, a closed mouth don't get fed, as they say. Um, and that works for work, too. You can take some time. It's difficult or it might feel strange, but you do have the ability to take some time, meet with your supervisor, meet with the powers that be, meet with someone who has decided that you're in charge of or would be good for this, and you're able to either modify their expectation or you can flat out say no. You do have the choice to say no at work, which is a a radical concept, I know. Um, And if you're in a job where you don't have the choice to say no or you're not allowed to push back in even the slightest ways, then obviously I'm not uh, giving anyone advice to just rage quit their job tomorrow, but you might want to start considering if that's going to be your long-term home and how it fits into your career path because it might be one of those things that you can deal with for a season until you move on to something better. Um, or at least an environment that's better, uh, versus if this is the place you think you're going to work on end forever and you're not allowed to say anything to anyone about the way that you're treated, I don't know, girlfriend, I'm not sure that's going to work out for you in the long run. And, um, for a lot of us who grew up being good girls, that's not even a thing that is, you know... It occurs to us, really. Um, I can give an example of me. Um, I have talked about the job hunt trauma of being a millennial. I talked about it in the very first episode, right? Like, there were times where I was just so grateful to have a job, I would almost literally do anything. Um, And to be honest, there were jobs that I had that I was grateful for, but had me doing quite literally two or three different jobs. So if you were at this job, don't be too upset. I'm not going to add any specific place or uh, I'll try to keep the details vague. But um, I had a job where I was hired to work at a desk. Basically, it was a desk sort of job. And then I basically had to be a transportation employee 
in the afternoons of that, I, (laughs) the thing that was so strange about it is, uh, because it was a position within a larger system sort of situation, um, there's this vague sort of language that basically says, hey, you might be used in a different capacity at different times, uh, and unless you have a medical condition, then basically you can't get out of it, which I thought was weird, but once again, desperation for a job, I just kind of ran with it. Um, what it did not say is, hey, when you are put into these certain other situations, you'll have the lives of 10, 20, 30, 40 children in your hands and you don't get the ability to say no in fact unless there's some reason you will pass out basically while you're transporting these children you don't have the ability to say no and at the time I was not in a position to go uh this isn't the job for me guess I'll keep looking I had already been looking then for three and a half years and all I'd been able to come out with is uh, temp positions. So please don't think that I'm being insensitive. It's just a thing to think about. I definitely, I didn't know at the time of signing that contract that I was absolutely going to leave that job. But I certainly didn't think it would be my long-term home forever and ever. So these are kind of things to consider as you're thinking about boundaries even boundaries that keep people in, you do have choices in every relationship that you're in, whether that is a work relationship, an interpersonal relationship in general, a romantic relationship, or, you know, even casual acquaintances. Um, Sometimes I think that because we're in the age of the ever contact and everyone thinks that they have the same etiquette, there's this kind of casualness that people can come at you with on things like social media or um if you swap numbers with someone which sounds so old-fashioned at this point um even if you're just texting each other and you never actually call on the phone trying to get to learn someone over text without context is very very difficult so um even in those kind of casual situations You have the ability to um, remind someone or give someone the blueprint for exactly how casual or comfortable they're able to feel with you up to a certain point. And so you just have to remember you do have some power um, in relationship dynamics. One last thought about boundaries, Um, whether they keep people out, you have to use them for that reason, or whether they keep people in if you want to do that. Um... You're also allowed to decide that your efforts at creating boundaries, um, if someone doesn't respect them or violates them repeatedly, you also have the power and the ability to just say, this relationship is not worth my time anymore. If you can't respect the boundaries that I put up, then you, I feel like you don't respect me. And if you don't respect me, I don't need that kind of drama in my life or I am willingly choosing to not have people in my life that don't respect me. And I would hope very much that in a case of, you know, a romantic or like a familial relationship, it would never have to come to that. But the thing is, you can't control how people perceive you or how they act. All you can do is show up fully authentically, tell them what your expectations are, 
And if they don't live up to your expectations, in the context of this now, because we're all humans and we're we're fallible, but if people are unwilling, because that happens a lot as well, to respect your boundaries or um, respect you, then you don't have to regularly interact with those people, even if they're related to you by blood, even if they're friends you've had since you were basically toddlers, even if they are people that you respected up until, you know, last week or last year, or you found a, um, I don't want to dictate morality to anyone, but if you have a kind of moral line in the sand that you've drawn and you can't agree to not discuss it between the two of you and still love them, um, if they're violating, you know, your sense of morality, you also can draw a boundary there. Um, so, and I just want to add an aside that works both ways. So if you happen to be a person listening to this, who, um, (laughs) even in my kind of around the way explanation of boundary talk, realizes that you're a person who violates boundaries a lot, or you are the loudest voice in a crowd or a situation, and you've always just thought, that's because other people don't have, you know, the ovaries to speak up for themselves. Mm, I don't know, maybe it's you, sis. <laughs> so just uh, one of the things that we promise to do on this podcast is keep it real with ourselves, unravel the BS without losing ourselves. Um, part of that is owning when you're wrong or owning when you are a bearer of a bad habit and there are ways to get around um, giving into that behavior and it's a practice and it takes time. But if you recognize yourself as a person who's the boundary violator, then mm, looks like you got some work to do, sis. Um, and uh, I would also say that even for the sweetest, most polite among us, um, there are times when we may either violate someone's boundary knowingly or unknowingly. And that doesn't make you a bad person. Bad air quotes. Um, It doesn't make you an ignorant person. It doesn't mean that you're malicious. But when you recognize you're doing it, you own it. You apologize if uh, sincerely, if necessary in that situation. And you work toward not doing it again. That's how you keep yourself accountable. Uh, That doesn't mean you'll be perfect. It doesn't mean you'll never mess up ever again. But it's necessary work that needs to be done. And um, just like you would want someone to respect your own boundaries, you have to respect other people's. And that is the complicated work of us relating to each other as humans. So I hope that this was sort of helpful. I know that I had some sort of all over the place, crazy visuals. Um, Hopefully some of my anecdotes helped you. Um, But this is just a, a topic I don't think that is discussed enough in in all the ways it could be. Um, because really, people violating boundaries or someone needing to put up a boundary, like I said, is really just me trying to remain <laughs> in either a nice or as amicable, amicable position with you as possible. And that doesn't mean I'm plotting to see if you mess up. 
likewise, the boundary violator. Sometimes it doesn't have to mean that you are purposely trying to dominate someone into either doing what you want or um, you winning. However, I would say that the patterns for both those things, either the difficulty with resurrecting boundaries or erecting boundaries, I guess, and um, the recognition that you may be a person who frequently violates other people's boundaries, they're all rooted in patterns that we usually aren't super duper aware of. So um, (laughs) as G.I. Joe would say, knowing is half the battle. Uh, And once you know, you can do better. So I think I've been talking enough here. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I hope that whatever you're up to today, you will slay it. And remember, you've got this, sis. Bye. Thanks so much for making it to the end, sis. True blues like you are really hard to find. If I'm true to form, then I probably went here, there, and a little bit of everywhere in this episode, but hopefully you still managed to uncover some gems you can apply in your life. If you have a friend that you think would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Like, send it to them right now. (laughs) And wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, any rating that you leave, any share that you do, boosts its visibility so we can welcome new members to the girl gang. And they can give themselves permission to live their lives on their own terms. Other people's opinions be damned. So let's take one small step for good girls everywhere and one brave and giant leap for ourselves. Until next time.